Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. As you know, my name is AJ Kearns, and I'm your host here each and every week as we do our part to introduce you to the artists and designers from around the world who help bring some of our favorite beers and breweries to life. It's a really simple concept, folks. One that we know you love, or at least we say that I hope you love it. This is episode 110, and it's a really good one. We interviewed J.P. Flexner. He's from my uh, hometown of Philadelphia. We checked in with him in the South Philly area. Congrats on the, the new home purchase there, buddy. And it was just uh, it was a really great episode. It was just really um, really nice to, to kick back and just uh, you know introduce ourselves, learn about each other's stories, and you know, see how much we had in common, which was, uh, which was a lot. But... First, I just want to take a quick opportunity to dedicate this episode to my mom. You know, this is uh, Mother's Day weekend, and uh, just some amazing mothers out there. You know, my mom, my wife Susan, just some other incredible, you know, women that I've uh, had the fortune of knowing in my life. So please make sure that you, you know, do what you need to do. Go out there, you know, at the very least get them some flowers, you know, give them a phone call, take them to dinner, you know. Just let them know how important you are, because, I mean, without them. So, it's kind of fitting that this week's episode features somebody from Philadelphia, my, you know, where my uh, my family, you know, still, still kicks it. And so, we love Philadelphia. Born and raised. You know how we do. So, like I said, this episode's great. We came to learn of uh, JP through his work with Neshamini Creek. Brewing Company, which is right outside of Philadelphia. Looking forward to you know visiting there when our next trip's home. And uh, what's really cool is, you know, we got a lot of recommendations for JP. You know, folks reaching out saying we should uh, include JP on the project. So a, the fact that people listen and uh, engage with us is always really welcome and appreciated. You know, feel free always to shoot us a message or email aj 16 oz canvas. That's aj at sixouncecanvas.com. That goes right to me. We'd love to hear from you. So. Yeah, we're excited. It's a great episode. I think it's a lot of fun. It's, uh, you know, we, we geek out over some music, talk about life. It's really just, uh, I think it's a good one. I think it's a positive one. You know, I think it's uh, inspiring for folks who are just uh, getting started or whatever it is that your passion is. I think you can take some away from this one. So check out JP Flexner, just like it sounds, JP Flex, F-L-E-X-N-E-R on Instagram and JP Flexner. Dot com. Make sure to use the old hashtag 16OZ Canvas. You can find us at the dot com, 16OZ.com, 16OZ Canvas, excuse me, dot com and 16OZ Canvas on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We try to keep it simple, folks. So tell a friend, share this, like this, you know, maybe have it, you know, with your Mother's Day dinner. Who knows? Whatever it is. You know, we appreciate you being here. And we hope you appreciate this episode. So without further ado, it's episode 110, J.P. Flexner, right here on the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Very excited, as always, to have people from the hometown, the city of brotherly love, Mr. J.P. Flexner checking in from the Philadelphia. Well, we came to learn of J.P. through his work with Neshaminy Creek Brewing Company, but so much more to his story, and we're really excited to uh, talk to you today, J.P., so thanks so much for, you know, for making the time. 
Oh, always AJ, man. It's an honor. Thank you for uh, thank you for asking me to be a part. He said it, man. There it is. We have it. We have the, re- the tapes are rolling. He said it's an honor, but no, it's just it's really uh, I've really it's kind of nice because I I know your beer a lot. You know, I come home. You know, I think just being from Philly, uh, you know, John is like a word we say. You know, and so that and that was a beer, even though I never knew what to make of it. I had that, and so I've been following along for a while. And you know, we've gotten actually got a few people who are like, dude, why didn't you have JP on yet? And so it's been kind of cool to. You know, to, to be able to, to connect with you, have you be part, oh, of, be part of the project. Uh, that's nice to hear, man. Thank you. Thanks so much, man. I, John is a is a beer that brings a lot of people together, man. It's a it's a hometown favorite for sure. Yeah. It's one I see out a lot as like a can special, and it's definitely uh, one that more than more than just yourself have uh, have name checked to me as a thing that like first brought them into the the Neshaminy Creek cold. So that's cool, man. Yeah, and I, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of uh, it's kind of nice to come you know come full circle with that and. Just to see the you know the evolutions of the labels have has really you know just continued to grow. You know what I like about your style is that, and folks, real quick, we'll just plug JP Flexner, JP initials Flex N E R, and then Flexner. You know, then JPFlexner.com is a website, so you can follow along, see what we're talking about here. But I love the especially with their work is that you're a big topography guy and lettering, and so do you. You really bring your two areas of focus to kind of to kind of together. Like the the beer name has the you know, the strong branding, you know, it's the, the placement's the same, the layout's really great, it's strong on fonts, but then there's this, like, cool adventure or stories that have kind of a comic book, you know, look to it in the background. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, it's the classic, okay, you, first pain is you see the name, and then, like, the third dimension is you diving in, and then even the more I follow along, you know, you always mention and you're slipping in some Easter eggs here and there. So it's a, you make it a full, you know, kind yeah. of full 360 experience. Yeah. Thanks, man. I'm glad. Well, thanks for bringing that up, man. I'm glad. You, I'm glad you noticed that. I'm glad people are paying attention, man. That's that's uh, reassuring to hear. Yeah, I, type, man. Typography is something uh, that I, I really love and uh, that I, I I forced into every <laughs> project I work on. But um, especially in the seventy Creek, where uh, you know you're you're talking to a customer off the shelf of a, a store, typically if they're not in your tap room as a captive audience, and uh, you know all type kind of conveys a tone and an emotion and a sort of, uh, and a sort of feel. And if, uh, if you don't pair that with what else is going on in the can, right. And what's inside the can and who made it, then, uh, you maybe are conveying the wrong kind of emotion to a customer and doing yourself a disservice in the process. But no, we, we pay a lot of attention to that, man. Actually, ironically today, I'm actually working on a new typeface for an Ashemini Creek brewing company. Um, the logo type that we have that script font, um, I've never really gotten around to it, but now I'm finally working out the rest of the characters and the numerals and, and all the, the punctuation and everything and, uh, creating an actual typeface, a usable font with that now that I'll, I'll pass off to, uh, to the client, to the brewery for them and their distributors and everyone to use. We can start doing, you know, distributor signage and banners and whatever, whatever stuff they need in the, in the typeface that is their logo. It really makes a difference, and I like. I think this product is really, you know, um, you know, we have Lindsay. I think one of the first ones was another Philadelphia, you know, Lindsay Strover who has worked with Trobes, sure. and she was like a yeah, huge, yeah. Ty- you know, uh, typeface, you know, uh, typography person. And I, uh-huh. I, and just the more I've talked to, you know, we're over two years now, but I mean, I just I look at lettering and you know, just branding so differently. It's just like, it's. You know, it just so it it simplifies something that's so powerful, and just like oh, it just it's just letters and words, but it's like, you know, beautiful signs. You know, you don't need pictures. You know, you can evoke emotions just with, mm-hmm. 
you know, what serif you pick or the curve of the font or, you know, how, how this letter drops and feels next to the next one and, you know, the fluidity of it. it yeah, it is, it is a wonderful craft that if, if, you have, if you haven't taken anything away from this, that's one of the biggest sleepers of, you know, the 16-ounce canvas folks is, is, you know, just look at the letters. I mean, it, it's powerful. It's really wonderful. Well, honestly, man, I mean, you look at the, the trajectory of can art in the history of brewing and beer and distri- distribution and, you know, the commercialization through through the ages and after Prohibition. And what you see is there there was never really illustration on cans, you know, until like, gosh, until like, I, like what's one of the things like I'm I, like I, I mentioned to you when we were when we were first getting to know each other, man, there's there's a there's an art on beer panel that I'm moderating here in Philadelphia on June 4th. And um, it's part of Philly Beer Week and the Philly Loves Beer folks are throwing it. And one of the things I'm, I've you know, I've been thinking about what I'm going to be asking these panelists and doing some stuff. And, and one of the things I'm thinking about is like, is like, man, there's, there's not really been like the evolution of, of like art on beer, essentially of like the 16 ounce canvas, essentially quote unquote is like, is, is really new. I mean, this is something like I, I try to think one of the questions I want to ask is like, what was the first beer you remember that wasn't just like a typeface in a, in like a shield and a layout and some badges and some colors. I mean, there, you know, like for me, it was dead guy, rogue dead yeah, guy. I remember like the, yeah. the little skeleton dude and being like, whoa. And like, you could have put anything in that can, man. I was like, you know, 16 or something when I saw that the first time. And it was just like, this looks more like the stuff in my comics and my zines and like, you know, record art than it looks like all the other crap that's on the shelf of beer next to it. And so that, that was, you know, those, those are moments that, that hopefully people can draw on or remember back to um but that was something that, that that came to mind man and that's like when you say like typography is important like now especially now that there is illustration on cans now that we're talking about you know anything goes essentially as long as it you know meets the regulation um you know it's sort of it means that the type has to be well considered because if it isn't it becomes very easy to fall into a trap of becoming like uh crappy or just seeming cheap or like uh you know no one wants to like take the leap of faith of, of putting your beverage in their body. If it looks like uh, no one's cared about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so my, it's kind of important. My first, I would say was probably magic hat number nine. And it reminded me like they had like the, almost like those eye chart, like I, I'm colorblind as we right. talk about like, but it looked like those dotted like oh. things you'd see at the eye doctor. Yeah. It's not a big deal, but yeah, yeah, it was just like, it was so, it was so, it was just different to me. And, and magic hat was probably one of the first breweries that kind of had a little more distribution right. being here in Connecticut, at least, oh, you know, and they, mm-hmm. and they really went the extra mile with that. You know, I think Sierra Nevada, they For went, sure, they man. went more of like a classic branding, but they probably still, you know, push the, push the envelope there a little bit, but I would say those are my two. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, for sure, man. I would I would have to agree with the Magic Hat, definitely. I remember the variety cases for a long time. Yeah. Always, you know, they'd always do like a seasonal variety pack in the beginning of uh, of like summer, right after the end of spring, and it would always have like some really cool colors or some cool printing or some cool art on it. And I always loved that, man. I thought that, like, again, like that was like one of those like benchmarks for me of like walking into, at the time it would have been Maryland where I was living. And they have, uh, you know, they have, pretty pretty lenient yeah you can you can you can walk into a gas station and buy six packs of beer and 12 packs of beer so most gas stations were also beer stores and so you know i'd be able to before i was 21 just like see what was out there all the time and you know (laughs) 
definitely yeah. drinking before you're 21, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. So. Yeah, yeah, that was the weird, and that's weird for me being in Connecticut. Like being from Philly, like in Philly, it's the you know the state-run liquor stores, and then you had to buy basically. You have until recently, you couldn't. You know, it was you had to buy a case of beer, so it didn't even really allow for much like adventure. You know, it was in yeah. a, and especially the fact that it's a case, it's in a box, like. Nowadays, Dude. nowadays, like people, people think <laughs> yeah. that people go the extra mile. It's like, okay, it's not just about the can. It's not about the, you know, the, it's like the six pack box. It's the, the case, you know, what, what, how is this sleeve going to be shown in the, in the window? But back in the day, it was That's like right. these big fucking luggy cardboard things that maybe would like Yo, be manila, like yingling or something like that. But like, that was it. Like you right. weren't getting anything. It wasn't. You weren't going. No. To, you were just like, all right, I've yeah. I've got this many dollars. I'm going to buy as many beers in my head and just kind of you know call it a day. Uh-huh. But real yeah, quick on, it, on on the font point though, we have to agree, right? Fuck Comic Sans. Like that's that shouldn't even be allowed to be a font anymore, right? We should just get that out of the. Oh yeah, I mean I guess so. Sure. <laughs> I mean everything's going to come back around, right? Like, yeah. We're saying that now, just because we said that now on a podcast, uh, like like some bird yeah. somewhere is going to take a dump on a thing and it's like an envelope that someone's not going to open and they're not going to get a, a letter they should have and they're going to go like in make future, a new version right. of comic stands because they're angry and it's going to end up being like an instagram trend or all right all right as but long yeah as long as i don't see i don't see by affected comic stands just that, now man that's Way all right to go. But that's all right but yeah guys yeah but one of the weren't your most recent pieces then we're going to get you to talk about yourself um if you go on jp's uh instagram you can see it and obviously it's self-serving and it warms my heart but he did this, you know, as part of this crew that did this amazing greetings from Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, you know, banner. You know, it's green. It's got the Liberty Bell. It's like it just it just screams like power with the red, and it's just. I don't really have any questions about. it. I just wanted to tell you. I think it's fucking killer. That's really all I got. Ah, oh, thanks, man. That would do. That was a last minute tap in, man. I I I'm lucky to have been a part of that. It was um, not planned that way. Actually, my 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 good friend Marissa is a incredible sign painter here in Philadelphia. Just shout out uh super signs two one five on Instagram or Miss Marissa. And she's, she's insane, man. And she, she was doing uh, that mural. She was stated slated to paint that mural, I think in like 24 hours or something. And she wrote me and said, uh, you know, the client didn't approve the last artwork that was sent and asked me if I wanted to jump in last minute. And that's what I came up with, man. I did that in about, I don't know, like six hours or something crazy. And, it all got approved, and now it's on a wall, like pretty huge, over on Delaware Avenue in the in the Main State Brewing Company. Love it. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. That's why, yeah, I think it's just it's amazing that just the fact that you could do that, like that would be my life's work right there, and I'd be happy with it. So that's yeah, it's impressive. <laughs> so let's well, uh thanks, yeah thanks yeah oh yeah. So let's step back. Let's you know this is where you talk about yourself, JP. What's kind of the you know the JP story? How did you kind of you know find your your love and you know you kind of. Take us, take us back in time, you know, a little, little yeah, JP man. story. I guess, uh, I mean, it's a pretty straight shot, honestly. Like, uh, I, you know, I was lucky. I grew up, my dad is an artist. He's a college professor now in an art department in, uh, at Salisbury University. And, um, you know, I, when I was growing up, it was in uh, Peoria, Illinois. And he was, he was running a design firm downtown and he was teaching at Bradley University. Uh, and it was right, you know, right at the end of the 80s, early 90s. You know, I was born in '81, and so all the stuff that was happening at the in the at the at that shift, or like the beginning of grunge and like punk rock coming into fruition again with like, you know, Op Ivy and Green Day and Lookout Records and Fat Wreck and all that stuff. Like, I I was just right there for all of it, man. I, I loved every bit of it, and you know, that's sort of the stuff that really still defines 
who I am on, on paper or in this case on a can. And, um, you know, he, he led me to the Chicago comic book convention for, you know, every year that we lived in Illinois before we moved out to Maryland, I was going to the Chicago con, um, when it was still there and just like, man, comic books and all the weirdo art. Like I fell in love with our crumb there. You know, my dad introduced me to him and, um, yeah, I, I just like, like all that mad magazine, like Beavis and Butthead, you know, Ren and Stimpy, all the John K art, just like that stuff, man. It just, it like, as soon as I came into contact with it, I just changed, you know, and, uh, and I, I like what it made me. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just holding on to that, man. I guess I still, I still live in that world kind of, and, and as new things come out that inform me or that I want to like be, you know, that I want to mold me a little bit. I, I, I let it do so, you know, I mean, there's, there's newer stuff, a lot of, a lot of animation and a lot of stuff like that. I really love like, you know, obviously like adventure time is a incredible show, which by the way, my brother, my youngest brother, Andy Flexner um, works at Cartoon Network and for a number of years was the, uh, I think assistant production coordinator on that TV show adventure time. So, but he does a couple other ones now and um, well, you know, like, you know, Rick and Morty, uh, other Venture Brothers, man, like all that kind of stuff. It just like that, that all sort of shapes my vision and, and my approach. Uh, and then on the flip side of that, you know, because I was also growing up around uh, the academia side of, of art and design, I came into contact with at a really young age, uh, places like House Industries or, um, you know, the Chuck Anderson Design Company uh out in Minneapolis and you know Sagemeister and and all these all these kind of uh designer types who like you know pushed again like type and and being weird and and pairing illustration with typography in ways that hadn't been done before um that all that all that all means a lot to me now and it did then and uh and that was all happening at the same time as like skateboarding and, and punk rock and I was I was getting into it and I was I was playing in bands at a really young age I play drums and so at the same time as as like art became a really important thing to me uh so did music and so did like playing drums essentially and like hanging around you know skateboarders and I wasn't a good skateboarder but I would like you know kick around town and like get stoned and listen to the same bands they did so um I guess like all of that going out of high school and into college sort of uh, sort of propelled me into the direction I wanted to go style wise. And uh, I started freelancing in college to pay for it. And by the time I graduated, I was looking at jobs and uh, in the Philly area. And I started working at a place, a toy company in Bucks County. And I just like, I don't know, man, I, I like hated it. <laughs> if I'm being frank, I just hated going to work. And it was like pretty self-defeating and, you know, it wasn't, it just wasn't what I wanted art and design and all of everything to be, man. And, uh, and then I like bailed on that job, you know, about six months into it and took a position at a um, agency in the Philly area thinking like, well, everyone goes to agencies. I'll, I'll like the agency life. And this was a cool one. You know, they did cool work and uh, I did some fun stuff there. I did like work on the new Goosebumps stuff and some a lot of like toy and candy stuff uh, and I got to work there with with two of my really good friends Rob Leaf and Ed Kelly um, and that was just like an incredible like 
time for that friendship and that that world but it didn't it didn't satisfy what i wanted it wasn't like um it wasn't giving me a sense of ownership or a sense of like um purpose you know with with art and i think um i kind of came to an impasse with them and and had had like a blowout with the owners and left and then that was it man i was like i can't do this anymore i'm going to be a freelancer like i remember i remember back to like college where you know it was only a couple of years ago and i thought like well I, I I was able to make a go of it then, and my cost of living hasn't increased all that much since then. Um, and I just did it, man. I just made the jump. I went back to that toy company who I knew I did a lot of good work for, and they were glad to give me freelance. And I started shaking down all the old contacts I had from college and, you know, punk venues. The first the first people to ever pay me to do artwork was uh, was the Auto Bar in Baltimore. Uh, and they, they, they were really cool, man. They, they gave me more work to do. And, uh, some people up here in Philadelphia, I was doing posters for R5 and Trocadero, which is unfortunately about to close. But, um, yeah, man, I, I mean, that, that's kind of the story. And then I, I just sort of, I sort of, I guess, let the sort of punk ethos <laughs> almost just sort of like decide my approach to business where, you know, I don't work with people. I don't, agree with man i don't i don't make cool art for people who are are shitty you know there's a lot of companies out there who would love to hire me to make shit and i don't do it for them because i don't need to you know there's enough like hard-working independent people out there who who hustle and, and can afford my rate and deserve cool work and maybe it's worth spending a little extra time meeting them instead of you know paps blue ribbon or some other fucking cool hunter out there Fuck yeah, man. No, I think that's, that's, I mean, first of all, you drop in, like, I mean, that's, I mean, I wouldn't consider myself a punk kid, but I definitely had my, you know, rancid Operation Ivy, like, early Green Day, like, Kerplunk, like, you know, like that was a vibe I was in for a while, you know, I had the, the yeah. hair, you know. Dude, the, Kerplunk, yeah. man, that, that, that album's still record rocks. cover changed me, man, that, that was yeah. one, man, I, I have a Kerplunk tattoo on my forearm. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I still, I still go back and listen to that, right? I mean, it, that was it, like, like, like when I got into Sublime, it wasn't like the it was like the forty ounce of freedom and the Robin, you know, Robin in the hood, you know, like that was that. I had older cousins. They yeah. Do they? They were just a couple. Like I'm a couple years older than you, and they were like they were a couple years uh-huh. older than me, and like I wanted to be them. They were like they were cool, you know. They they had the long hair. They surfed. They they I never I could never surf. Yeah. Like all that stuff, you know. Like skate. We I would skate. You know, I have I had I had a board. Like I didn't sure. you know, Like you know, I was yeah. definitely like a fringer, you know. And I love them, and I still do. And okay. like they would, every time I was I'd go visit them, they'd be listening to some new track or trying, you know, like whatever. And they were like, "Oh, you got to yep. check out this band, yep. Pearl Jam. They're gonna like it was before ten, and then oh Nirvana. Yeah. And like, then oh here's Green Day. Here's oh, Sublime. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And it was like every time they would tell me these bands, and like a year later, like they would blow up, and it would. I was like, man, my cousins are like. Yep. like they're like fucking soothsayers. Like they know everything. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yep. And it just I, changed. Dude, that's so cool, man. I had a. I didn't have any older siblings or cousins, but what I did have was a a best friend back in Illinois growing up, and he had old an older brother who was that you know person for us. He was like, you know, he's the guy that like gave us weed first, and we were like, oh, <laughs> he was the guy that like you know got got us like into Descendants and shit, and was like, hey, I'm glad you all like like this new punk rock is coming out, but like here are the bands that like these bands love and here's why. And like laid it out, man. He was a, he was a good dude. And Blair and I like started a band that way. Like that's how I got into 
I was like, I can play this shit. I love this shit, and I can play this shit. Let's do it. You yeah. know? Yeah, we go like, like, and like bootleg, like like now I can go and I can listen to you know every Pink Floyd record on my phone and download it in like ten seconds. But like bootleg, right. bootleg records, like you would literally have to go to certain shops, and it was definitely illegal, and it was like kind of gray. Yep. And we had this record shop oh, down the down the Jersey Shore, and like I knew I go yeah. to the shore like maybe twice or three times a summer, and I would save up all my money to buy like two maybe three discs like i had one that was like yep. you know the bridge i remember pearl jam it was like the bridge school benefit before that was cool you know it was like this band that you loved like all acoustic and then like one then like an italian concert from you know nirvana like it was ah, oh, it was awesome it was just it was like you and a lot of folks say it like we've have some you know analog guests and like you really who are like purists but like you really had to work a little bit more for it like it definitely was you know the, yeah and, and it makes you appreciate right. it. So like, right. I, I, dig, I dig I dig that's your that vibe. Yeah, man. I mean, I remember going in in Peoria at the time when I was the same era. I was going to there was a co-op records in like the university area where Bradley was, and I, I remember going in there and picking out like Nirvana and Nine Inch Nails and Green Day like live records, and they were they were like cheaper than like the studio albums because they were bootlegs, and it would be like yeah, exactly that. It would be like a Nirvana like in Italy or some random show in like you know wherever. And you just like talk, yeah, I'm gonna buy this CD, and it would be like a burned CD or <laughs> yeah. like a cassette tape or something. Yeah, and never vinyl at the time because that was like oh, vinyl was had not, not even come back around at all yet. It wasn't being. Made. No, that was like your parents' thing. That was like your like that. That wasn't like cool. Like even like even the people who are cool music people, like it wasn't like still that cool. Like it was like old. Your your my folks had a record player. And we they definitely dropped some stuff once in a while, but like right. That was like my mom and dad's yeah. thing. It was like these are my tapes. These are my next like, CD. That's why I like the CDs. I remember it was like paying like twenty five bucks for like one CD. Like it's like crazy. And, it was, and if I and realize in yeah. hindsight, like the dude burned on the computer. You know what I mean? Like it was it was awesome. What was the first CD you bought? Uh, I know what it was. It was it wasn't. It's not cool. It's um. It was actually a rap group. The first tape I ever, the first yeah, two yeah. tapes I ever had were Beastie Boys, uh, licensed to ill and oh. uh, Bon Jovi, slippery when wet. Like I wore them at a at a, at a dude. Yeah at a um like like a block party like that that was like those are the things back in philly back in the day and then i got into rap and i think it was either the house party 2 soundtrack or twin hype which is this rap group because i remember my parents bought me a, a cd like boombox but they didn't give me any cds and i was like what the fuck like I'm like i have this cool technology it's like getting a dvd player and then buying you like vhs tapes i was like it doesn't like that's kind of defeated the purpose <laughs> of it so it wasn't yeah, yeah. it was yeah it was pretty funny. Dude, that's, how about you that's what, funny, what was yours First CD I bought was cool um, the first CD I bought was the Beavis and Butthead Experience. Oh, okay, that was, right. that was like when I was young enough to like not really be quite into music yet, so I didn't really know what to go buy. But I was like, well, this has my favorite cartoon show on it, so I'm obviously gonna buy this. And you know, I had already had like a lot of tapes and shit like that, and tapes were things that had been given to me at that point. I, the, my favorite being Green Day Kerplunk. You know, one of my dad's students handed me a, like a burned copy of, or not burned, but whatever you call it, uh, dubbed copy of uh, of Kerplunk, and that I, f- I fucking love that se- that cassette so much. And uh, I think I'm gonna li- yeah, I'm like, gonna listen to that as soon as we're done. Like once we're done here, I'm gonna go listen yeah. to that. Like that's I mean, and I always ask at the end of the episode like what favorite music. Like I'm playing a Kerplunk song on that. Like I'm whatever, Dude, but yeah, it's so good. You, and, and I got I got records I love listening to when oh. I work specifically like. Like yeah. records for every kind of mood, every kind of project, man. I, I really music and music and art to me are like so intertwined, man. I can't, I can't really separate the two, you know. 
And yeah. I do listen to podcasts while I work, but but really, like when I'm in the good mood save, to man, good save, got... JP, good save. You listen to this podcast and you l- fucking love it. Yeah, <laughs> I do, man. I, I, I do listen to a lot of podcasts, man. I, I, you know, honestly, man, this is this is as close to design podcasts as I go, though, man. Sixteen ounce and and uh, see what are some other ones, man. I, I can't like it's a little too hat on a hat, man, for me. If I'm like yeah. sitting there drawing all day and I'm like. Here, listening to people talking about drawing all day, it's like, whoa, man! I'm gonna like. Yeah, I think that's why. I think that's why people like I'm it. Because I'm generally like, I, I mean, if you listen to the episode, the first twelve pack, and now, I, I would hope people think I have more knowledge. But like, I think I'm generally like, I'm kind of have like a you know kid in the candy. So like, I'm generally excited to hear more about it. So I don't have like, it doesn't get as technical sometimes. But I think I think that's why it's been relatable for people. Nice man, I agree, and 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 this is a niche thing, man. This is a cool niche that like is 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 uh, is enjoyed by the cross section of beer, which we all love, and art, which uh, hopefully inspires us. So yeah, I think cool, it's man. I think it's important. What we say is, you know, these you know artists and designers who bring our favorite beers and breweries to life, and I really believe that you know through art and design, like we were talking about before, it makes the world a better place. And I think that you know yeah, murals man. and well, you know, it's nice. Yeah. It's nice that we are having this conversation now when there are breweries that are pretty fearless about that, man. I mean, I don't think that's always been the case. Obviously, like we, we talked about earlier, like this is a kind of a new thing, man. And uh, I, I can truly say that like, I owe a lot of my thanks uh, to, to this success in, in art and beer and all that to, to Jeremy Myers, the p- proprietor of uh, Nishem Yukut. Well, then let's, uh... you know, And we are back. I hope you're digging this one, folks. Like I said, it's a it's a great episode. Really positive, really inspiring. You know, JP works his ass off. You know, love you know, one of our new loves. You know, when I say new, I mean since the project started, I've really come to to love and appreciate the you know the beauty of fonts and topography, the simple beauties of that. You know, the power of lettering. You know, we've uh, we've had some great guests here. That have really helped us to you know come to appreciate that, and so this is a great example of that. The work he's been doing, also that great uh, mural that he helped be a part of with Super Signs. You know, quick shout out to them. Love what you're doing, but it's just uh, the fact that he's so humble about how quickly it took him to do it is just amazing. And so it's just yeah, I think that um, you know obviously if you didn't see our music Monday, Kerplunk is a great album. Hopefully you have a chance to, you know, check that out and kind of geek out with us. But, uh, yeah, there's there's definitely some more goodies. It's hard when we do these uh, interludes to not, you know, spoil it because sometimes we do them before we do all the cuts and edits. And so it's just really, uh, yeah, we just get really excited about stuff. We don't want to have spoilers for you. But like I said, I really am blessed. You know, season 10 has just been another great success story with meeting, you know, folks from all over the place. You know, just really unexpected connections are happening, and this is just another great example of that. You know, really understand things. You know, really put things in perspective. I think that, you know, all of our artists, especially those who are out on their own, you know, our entrepreneurs, as we like to call them, they're really inspiring. You know, I think it's really interesting to see about their process and the culmination and you know, what brought them to that moment. I, I always admire that. I've really come to appreciate it, respect it. You know, in some days I'm definitely envious of it. Of it, you know, I know it's not easy. I know making that leap 
takes of you know takes some balls you know um, you know balls in the general neutral term but just really the fact he's kind of going for it and really putting yourself out there and, and taking a risk but you really have to believe in yourself and so these folks are really doing that they inspire me to keep doing what we're doing we've got some really cool stuff coming up later in the year that we're gonna you know be starting to tease and then you know get the full announcements out soon so enjoy this one sit back relax enjoy part two jp flexner neshamity creek brewing company Right here on the 16 ounce canvas. Just do it. Sit back, relax, enjoy. Yeah, well, it's kind of what's the story? Because because I because I do I you know I would say like every you know every you know every four or five episodes it really kind of like hits me when we're talking that these folks are making a really conscious choice. Like I mean they're helping you be as true to who you are and be your independent self, but and you're helping you know support them and working on your brand, but. At the end of the yeah. day, well, at the end of the day, that, I know, I know, I'm, I'm super it, simplifying it, but like, they're definitely like, like <laughs> yeah, they're investing, <laughs> right, they're investing all like, this extra money when, you know, like, it, it's this whole other part now that like has to be thought about and to do cool cans and, you know, mixing up the designs, like they could easily go on for like, hey, you know, JP, can you sure. just design us like the badge and the, well, and the name and like, hey, yeah. give us that lettering and we'll, you know, we'll talk to you soon. And you know, call it a day, and like they're having you come up with these fresh designs, and people are That's looking right. forward yeah. to that. Like it's a whole other, you know, parallel universe that is so complimentary. So you know, yeah. What's how did you connect with those, you know, crew? Well, so again, here, here we are talking about punk rock again because I, I was doing record arts for bands that are on Jeremy Myers runs Jumpstart Records, the independent punk rock label in the U.S. here, um, and he was releasing record after record of bands that I love. And, and I was doing artwork for those bands, not for necessarily Jeremy directly, but my name kept crossing his desk. And uh, I guess in 2010, maybe 2000, maybe the end of 2009, or it might've been 2010, he reached out to me because he had just started Neshemini Creek. I don't think the doors were even open yet. He had gotten an agency or somebody in the area to do artwork for him. And it was, pretty off brand with who he was certainly um it was all you know fake wood stuff and like pioneer hats and paddling and shit like that and um you know western fonts and stuff and just like you know if you know jeremy at all you know that's not who he is he has a blog devoted to every pair of vans he's ever owned and so it's just sort of like you know he just said like would you make a t-shirt i remember the first thing he went over the t-shirt um, and the T-shirt that I designed is uh, is now the logo of the company, <laughs> so <laughs> it broke that way, man. And uh, and then we were like, all right, let's just do this. And we just rolled up our sleeves, man, and, and started picking off the cans one one at a time. And um, and honestly, man, I mean, we we work well together, man. I really I really love working with Jeremy. He's he's a, he's a really knowledgeable guy. He he is someone who will concern himself with every aspect of everything he is involved in and uh, that goes right to the art man i mean there's no one i know who i work with who is more proficient in adobe illustrator than jeremy myers he's like he's a whiz man he's cool he knows his shit and i respect him man so and he respects me which is what makes it work you know at the end of the day he does give me the space to do what i want i get to you know drop easter eggs in my label art and i get to you know draw whatever the hell i want for the most part and he brings great ideas to the table too man he's, he's always well informed and he always starts with something he wants man so it's a it's a good relationship and uh you know we just did a rebrand 
we just redid all the labels and you know speaking to john at the very top of the show here you know i i did uh that that is on my very short list of things to do is the new john john can so that's coming at you soon man cool if you want to put me in an easter egg in there i would i would uh, that would be dope but that wouldn't really be an easter egg then but um no i'm just put a little 16 ounce podcast easter egg <laughs> yeah yeah a little aj drop a little aj in there uh, like that. don't don't fuck with me man i'll yeah i'll be i'll be uh <laughs> that that yeah that would you know, geek me out but yeah no so what is your you know what's the what's the life cycle life like how is it you know because obviously you're kind of you're probably doing two things the rebrand of existing and then like you know new beer comes out you know how does it you know jeremy tell you what kind of how much time you're given you know what, i mean you talked about the the mural you did in a day so i mean i think that now that jeremy heard that he's probably gonna expect it to be a lot quicker so sorry about that but yeah well you know no it's hey it's all good man i've already i've done a mural on a day for jeremy a couple times man and i'm 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 a nut you're and, a machine dude uh, yeah the thing is I've, I've figured out time travel so uh i don't really have an excuse man i just i just deliver man i just make sure everything's done when it needs to be done and uh you know, my clients can go to sleep at night. <laughs> That's just how it goes, man. But That's like, it. I love doing it, man. It doesn't feel like it's a chore for me. You know, I, I, I love putting in, in the work, man. I love putting in the hours. So, well, well yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, you said like before, you know, you choose who you want to work with. And I think that that's the, that's, yeah. that's kind of the ideal perfect situation. You, you know, the, well, that's it, man. And that's commendable. You know, you know yeah. damn well, I wouldn't be giving it this much of a shit if it was past blue ribbon or something. It's like, if, if these are people that like, don't take it home with them at the end of the day like they don't live it either then why would i you know what i mean you know these are companies like bigger companies or like you know these these mega lists that like don't really deserve to have authentic artwork because they're not really authentic you know <laughs> the thing they purport to be you know what i mean they're not craft beer and so it's like why would you lend them that credibility don't do that <laughs> yeah because right? when, could... when someone like jeremy who like really gives a shit and really lives and breathes this stuff uh comes to you for work you, you do it for them because that's what you're there to do man i have yeah i, I yeah i love it because like you're putting your you're associating your name with with his you know with with his stuff and so like now it's you're both you know that's how i always say that when i get folks like yourself who i, who I admire their work you know or doing some great stuff and people say, oh, what you're doing is really great, and I'm honored to be on the show, or you're an artist, and it, it, for a, it makes me, like, uncomfortable and blows my mind, but the fact that you think it's cool, because I, I respect you, like, that gives me the credit, that's really all I need, like, that's the credibility and support I need to make me go out and try to find our next 12 artists and find people at different nice, stages man. of their career. No, I mean, that's 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 what it comes well, down it, to. Man. Yeah, you know, I'll be out here listening, man. There's a bunch of other people that will, too, and it's like, you know, I'll, I'll be sitting here pushing my pencil around listening to your show and you know in, in a year so that's <laughs> that's what it's all about man and next time you come through philly you hit me up and we'll we'll go out and get some beers together yeah, yeah oh yeah this is gonna go this is gonna drop in like a couple weeks dude so i mean we're gonna we're gonna tie it up so it actually will be in conjunction with the uh you know try to get it out there a little earlier so we can promote your you know your art of the the beer event you know and oh yeah that's right yeah let's circle back around to that real quick man just tie it up nicely it's uh it's it's thrown by um philly loves beer um, which is like a independent organization here in town that just does like beer events and ties in a lot of cool breweries. And, and it's, uh, it's all part of Philly, uh, Philly beer week here, uh, this summer, or I guess the end of the spring depends on where you draw the line. And, um, yeah, it's on, it's on June 4th. It's at the warehouse on Watts, 923 West, uh, North Watts street in Philly. And, uh, it's from 7 PM till, I don't know, probably like 10 or 11 or something like that. 
but it's uh it's basically I'm I'm moderating a panel of uh of other breweries. It's uh brewery R's, uh Collective Arts Brewing, Free Will Brewing Company, and the Stillwater Artisanal Brewing Company. And uh I'll basically be shooting questions and going over their process and how they arrived to their packaging solutions. And uh it'll be a lot of fun, man. It was I was a guest at the first one several years ago and uh and now now to be moderating is a good time. And um yeah, if, if you can make it out, man, if you happen to be in town, dude, you'd be my be my guest, man. Cool, I would love that. Yeah, let's talk about your process, though. You know, um, you sure. Know, how's that? You know, how is that? We say you're hand drawn. You know, how are you? How are you creating that? I mean, I think that that's really you, you, like a hybrid solution of, of digital and of hand drawn. Probably. No, yeah, I mean, I, I, it, everything starts, man. Everything just starts on paper. Um, I guess I like at this point, I'm, I'm pretty well-versed in the Nishemini, you know, visual language, luckily. So I just sort of sit down with, uh, with a non-photo blue pencil and I, I block out my, my label and I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about what I kind of want it to ultimately look like. And, uh, I imagine that and I sort of just block out the layout and then I tighten up a little bit and I block in sort of the, where the characters are going to go or the, components or or whatever if it's a landscape or or something like that and um and then from there i sort of just start tightening it up man i just sharpen the pencil again and go back in for a little more detail each time and uh once i'm satisfied with how everything's sitting on the page uh i i do a black colored pencil rendering of it and uh tighten everything up and then i scan it and then reprint it large large like four to one for the production standpoint and um and then i ink it i ink everything just kind of one shot with uh right now i'm a i'm a big fan of the stedler permanent luma colors and i'm inking that on uh borden riley dendral which is uh, a sort of translucent synthetic substrate that i love man it's like the greatest tracing paper ever uh and that's it man i i, I scan everything if i'm doing colors which i always do obviously uh, I'm, I'm laying those down as individual layers of dendral on top of the original ink. And I have a white table here that I do all my inking on. And um, yeah, everything just gets scanned in at high res. Um, I just kind of drop the levels, blow it up real big and uh, live trace everything and put it all back together in Illustrator inside of the the printing production template. Um, And then I just kind of isolate everything out, um, take my Pantone swatches and uh, I send it off to Jeremy. And Jeremy now has, of course, the typefaces I've created. So he's able to sit, you know, I've, I basically, we've we basically worked out a template that we both work in at this point, you know, he's working on, he's able to like type out, you know, mud bank milk stout in, in the display typeface I made. And then he does the whole description in the, um, the small typeface I made or the condensed typeface. And, uh, and he gets to put it into the file that I sent him with the art already plugged in. And that goes right off to the printer. And, uh, that's it, man. So you're kind of you're you're doing like uh, almost like you're doing like screen printing, basically, like right? I mean, all, with all the different. <laughs> yeah, I, I dude, I, I do a lot of screen printing still, man. I, I love screen yeah. printing. It's it's another at this point kind of a hobby, man. It's not really a lucrative service for me, but I definitely uh, I do it for my clients. And I, I every anniversary for Nishemini, I screen print a, a poster. And yes, yeah, it's, it's the shit, man. I, I love screen printing. Oh, it is like because yeah, music and my story is you know I used to. 
manage a band and you know music my wife we try to see as many shows as we can it, you know obviously that we now that we've procreated we don't have as many opportunities but you know or buy you know buy posters and stuff and it just i have so many in the basement that i still need to get you know that i need to get framed which is a whole oh, wish well, i wish that well, was dude, I, honestly, but like man I but could, like I could oh. jump back into that story gig posters dude Gig posters had a huge yeah. impact. You remember that website, Gig Posters? Yeah, I was gonna say that. That that was like, that I would go. To, I would spend hours there, and I would just, you know, I, oh, so much, so many great stuff. And a lot of times, I didn't know, it, didn't even know these artists, and it was just like, oh, it was, yeah. I, I wish. I wonder, maybe there was a podcast for gig posters. I don't know, but there should have been. I mean, I don't think podcasts were. A thing. I was really active on there, man. I used to be uh, No Division on there, and um, I got to know a lot of people through that website, man. A lot of people who I still know to this day, dude. In fact. Like you talk about people who are now doing, who did gig posters then, and who I just talked with on a daily basis about bullshit <laughs> mostly, and then, um, you know, those same people are now doing incredible work for beer companies. It's, uh, you know, like Drew Millard uh, over in the UK is somebody who I met through gig posters, and he's um, an alumni. Many years he's later, one of our people, man. Yeah, there you go, man. Many years later, here he is. Uh, putting his art on beer, and I and uh, last time I was in the UK, I hung out with Drew. Man, he's a fucking rad dude. Yeah, we get to hang out because I mean, that was I was very American when we were in London about two weeks ago, and I just thought it was like I just thought like you're in the UK, and I thought it was a tiny little spot, and like I was going to be able to see everybody, like you know Drew and Richard and you know everybody, and, you know Nick, Dwight, like every, all these guys I wanted to meet, and it was like oh, it was like me being in Connecticut, being like oh, like thinking I can just like swoop down to Philly for a beer really quick and be home before dinner. Like I was like, it was so, it was such an American no. way to see things, man. But I was, it, yeah. I, I had an amazing time, but I just look at the world. I look at, I look at globes now. And I'm just like, I just smile. Cause we've, sure. we've got folks all over the world and that's like, I'm, that's what I'm talking about. Dude. Like just some, like, yeah, Drew is cool as fuck. And I can't wait to, you know, meet him. And you know, Matt Lunig, who's down, well, you know, he's another funny, good, man. Good I was, I was playing in a band, man. And I, I saw him on Facebook talking about my band like we were already friends from gig posters from years ago and uh just bullshitting on facebook as anyone would with someone they know and all of a sudden he posted a link to my band and was like this band's awesome they're coming over to the uk check them out and then i was like wait what the fuck <laughs> and then i sent him a message so then we ended up hanging out man i would go over on tour and he would uh then he would come visit us man at, at wherever we were playing the leagues and uh get drunk as hell man he's fucking he's a rad dude yeah, it was great. That's why that's why I look at it. I mean, we, we always say, and it's like genuine. You know, the only way this show would be better is if we could meet. You know, do these with having beers in person. I think the last like half hour of every episode would be just kind of slurry though, because gets like very camar very camaraderie and you know yeah. feeling good. But yeah, yeah, we're yeah we're trying. I mean, that's not. I mean, we're always. It's when I say we, it's just me, dude. So I don't know. I don't know if you realize that either. But yeah, um, we yeah we, that's our no, dream. You grow it, man. You end up with the production because that like shows up and does all the AV stuff for you. Uh, and that, up. That's our dream. Before is to, you know it, you're yeah. going to be someone that's going to be asking someone to book for you so you can just worry about hosting and researching then. There you go. I like, see, JP's the idea guy. So you're part of the crew now too. But no, if you're, yeah, if you're listening Done. and if you're a video person, like that's my dream is to make this a video thing. Like we would, you know, we would go down to Philly, we'd hang out with JP, we'd see him be sketching, then we'd, you know, go meet with Jeremy at the brewery. You know, that would be, the, you know, we'd see, the ideas and then like every episode would end with like, you know, something coming off the candy line. So if you're a video person and you there want to, you, you want to piggyback on this, we've been holding the idea unlocked for Good. a while, but we're going to, we want to make that happen. So let me know. Yeah. Let's, reach out to AJ here. Give him, give him, give him a line. Tell him, tell him, you know what you're doing and show him some footage you've made and then tell him you want to collaborate and be a part of this thing in the future. 
if you want to be. Yeah. That's how this stuff works, man. That's how it happens. <laughs> yeah. Because I was always like, oh, like the guy, like the idea, I got to keep it locked. And, you know, we're here about, you know, the this whole project started as a book and we're definitely going to do a book. So like, look, look for that, folks. But um, yeah, and just, I don't know. I, I met so many cool people. I'm, I'm pretty content. Like if, if, if I got a cease and desist and said you can't do this anymore for whatever reason or something happened, I would be happy. I'd make whatever. I did, you know, like I've, I'm pretty... I'm, I'm always amazed when, uh, I, when I get the note saying porn. like, yes, yeah. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I got a funny story about cease and desist. All like, right. Man, Jeremy, early early on in the lifetime of the brewery, right after we kind of found our footing visually, we did the punk list uncle, that like uh, pumpkin uh, dunkelweizen. And uh, I guess there's some brewery in Texas that wasn't even active anymore, but had the trademark to uh, punkle or something like that, some version of it. And uh, and sent us the cease and desist letter. So we we changed the names to Punkless Dunkle, and Jeremy printed the cease and desist letter, or he printed the his reply letter with like <laughs> "fuck you, Jeremy Myers" <laughs> signed at the bottom. Printed that on the back of all the T-shirts for the can release. So, uh, uh, that's so good. Yeah. Oh, look at man. <laughs> yeah, because there's yeah we have uh, yeah I, I know Yellow Belly like on the polio one they like released their lat like in, I think they can release it in the U.S. but not in the U.K. So they called it like Cease and Desist Yellow Belly because and it wasn't <laughs> even the name. I'm pretty sure it was the two dots as like a colon. That, uh, like some it was like some real yeah. like super like oh come on dude like what is that all about i think people need to lighten the fuck up a little bit you know what i mean <laughs> yeah like it's i get it like, like i respect i respect yeah. ip a lot and i really sure i really hate when people um especially especially beer names they think they go oh just beer and they like r- like blatantly rip off a like a product i i don't really like that at all but when it's like really close sure, or yeah. an homage like i'm okay i'm okay with that as long as like you're not just like scanning someone else's work and like changing a letter like yeah. if it's creative or you just take a original. lyric, be original, right. right? Like, but when it's right. little shit like that, it's like just go fuck yourself. But exactly, man. I think you just take a look at it, right? Look objectively at the situation. Think like, is this person using a thing uh, improperly, or are they just? Is it an idea that like they are making an original thing on? So it's like, for the sake of punk, punkle dunkle, it's like a, the name that like happens to share one word of a two word title for a defunct brewery. And then we have a completely original product that isn't anything like theirs. And we have a completely original label that doesn't mention anything of theirs. And it's like, they want to ride our ass about it. But then you think of like, you know, then I see other stuff where there's like, you know, a Simpsons character with broccoli on its head. And I'm like, well, there's an example of where I'm like, oh, oh yeah, maybe dude. the Simpsons should go after that. Because it's like, not only are they just co-opting an existing thing to sell something, but they're also doing so for a kid's show to sell alcohol, which I'm like, okay, like let's have a little self-awareness, like beer's fun. It's all cool. Like we're all having a good time, but also like, let's not kid ourselves here. Like if you're putting a Simpsons character, a recognizable, like cultural icon on the front of a fucking beer can, kids are going to pick it up. So like, maybe don't do that. <laughs> well, so yeah. And I, and I know the guy who did that one. And I, I know him and, um, yeah, I texted him. I was like, dude, what's with the, what's with the can? And he's like, Oh, it's just an homage. And I'm like, uh, and I was like, okay. I was like, I don't agree with you. I'm yeah. like, but, you know, like it was, well, and that's, you know, and that's the other thing. Yeah. It's, I get it. Like, I, I get I it. Like, to do that shit. It's, it's like the enamel pin game. You're like Freddy Krueger, Simpsons or some shit. Or like, you're like whatever Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but also whatever. And you're like, cool. But like neither, like just cause you combine two existing ideas into something is like, you're not making an original idea. You're just, you're just making like a, like a, 
a weird mishmash zombie out of two like unwitting participants of a <laughs> of of a weird cultural appropriation thing. It's just gross. It's just like I don't know. Be better at it, man. Like like you you make a beer that's like you work your ass off to make, and it's like it's a cool thing. Like lend it some credibility with original thought and put something forward that isn't just a copy of something else or like a twist on something that already exists. You know, yeah, like yeah. the original man. Right. What know? if I just took that's, your, that's yeah, what, yeah. Craft beer. what if I took, yeah. Would, would it be cool if I took your craft beer recipe and just made the same exact beer and was like, Hey, this is so-and-so's beer. Like you wouldn't think that was cool. Right. Like if I just like literally stole your recipe, <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, it's, but because some dude drew it, it's like, Oh, 21 minute IPA. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> what was that? It was like, uh, what was that movie? It was like, no, it's 16 minute abs. You know, it's like, it's one less. Right. <laughs> you can't do anything in 15. Yeah. 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 Don't prices rate this shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hear you, dude. Yeah. It's so good. So good. So we were talking before you said you kind of have different, music or playlist you know what's the what's kind of the vibe over at flexner studios music wise gosh man i mean it all depends on the task at hand i guess like i have uh you know recently i've been kind of really digging on uh post-punk sort of end of the 80s maybe end of the 70s or end of the 70s early early mid 80s like british new wave stuff um i you know i don't know man i always i always bounce around a little bit my one of my favorite records to work to is the psychedelic furs talk 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 and so i've been listening to that lately um i guess like you know i love the replacements and husker do and and sort of that whole like power pop scene i i i, I dig into that a lot you know i love sugar and and perfect like spinoff bands from that scene and uh those are always good records to work to if i'm like trying to get hyped up and 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 put out a lot of stuff at once man which i typically am so <laughs> but um i guess i guess i make the i, I make kind of long playlists man on spotify recently if i if i'm working elsewhere than the studio if i if my record player's moving right now my record player's broken down most of my record collection is into alphabetized boxes to the left of me here so i don't have the benefit of flipping through it but um yeah, man. I guess I guess I make these really long playlists, and I just sort of categorize them by uh, by era. I guess would be the best way to do it for me. So I'll do like, you know, a couple hundred songs or a hundred songs that I like from, you know, the '90s kind of alternative boom that sort of merges into punk and power pop stuff like that, you know. Um, and then I'll do the same thing for uh, for kind of new wave and and post-punk and all that kind of shit like you know so yeah i just kind of I, I listen that way man and i just i just get down and sometimes i'm real in the mood to listen to a record like as soon as we get off the phone i'll probably go put on kerplunk yeah me just... too dude i'm all, i'm pretty psyched <laughs> for that yeah i can't wait yeah yeah man i i love that record so much man i love green day they're a hell of a band and uh you know the angus soundtrack uh i named my cat angus not to be too out on a hat here but <laughs> yeah, that's all I do. Good. I do love that whole thing, man. And, and uh, that that soundtrack is one of my favorite albums. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It, there's so much fucking good music out yeah. there. It's just there's a... so much good new music out there. There's 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 like um, you know that that the newest Turnstile record. I've been like spinning that lately. That's a lot of fun. Hot Snakes just put out a really kick-ass record. Um, I don't know, man. Hop along put out a record kind of recently they're a band from philly that, that is just so good and uh yeah man i don't know Every, everyone's putting good music out i'm just like really excited laura jane grace 
and uh, against me, always producing excellent music that I, I love. And yeah, it's like a great time to be a, a fan of music, man. Amen to that. And the last question, I thought we were, I thought we were gonna wrap, but I just I I want to take one step back and just say I really admire your story, and you know I really admire the fact that you're true you know you see you see the power of your work you know you respect yourself as an artist and you know those and you decide to work with you know who is you know who shares that same vibe and same passion and is you know, and you have respect for which i think is a lot would you have any advice maybe for you know for you know young you know someone coming up on the rise or just someone who's really kind of at that you know crossroads of what they should you know do because you know sure man yeah i guess just uh I guess just put your experience on paper, man. Like try to try to immerse yourself in the stuff that you find inspiring and, um, and, 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 and shun away all the stuff that bums you out and makes you feel uncomfortable. You know, don't, don't participate in that stuff, you know, but you know, if, if, if art and being creative and, uh, and, and coming up with design or some aspect of it is the thing that you find inspiring and the thing that you love doing, then, just focus on that and uh, be true to yourself and, and, uh, and work hard and try to, and try to make that your purpose. And, um, and the other thing I would say is, is, and this is like going to sound like old man stuff here, but like, you know, if you find yourself going down the road of being an independent practitioner of anything, but design, especially your art, especially um, start taking your finances seriously. And like, you know, you're going to need a retirement someday. So you should probably, sign up for one of those even if you're only putting 10 bucks a month in when you're 19 like do it you know get an ira going go to fidelity it's real fucking easy uh you know like start uh working with an accountant from the day one like as soon as you can like don't not do your taxes like pay your taxes because someday you know you may want to uh, buy a house or something or a car or get a loan to open a business and get a retail space or something. And, and when you go to do that, you're going to be really glad that you had been working with an accountant who uh, has been preparing your taxes for you. And you can hand a, a mortgage lender, you know, a pile of, of paperwork, essentially, maybe it's on a thumb drive these days, but uh, the point being that, you know, you're going to have paid your taxes and you're going to have a, a good track record of, uh, of doing, doing your, your tax prep properly and, and uh, paying what you owe. So, do it from day one and don't try to get out of it. A lot of my friends <laughs> do varying degrees of this stuff. And, um, you know, I get it, man. I totally do. But, but it's, you'll be really, really glad you, you, you took it on early on if you do it. And uh, the other thing would be say, uh, know your value. Like you mentioned, man, um, make, make sure that you know what your time is worth and make sure you know how much time you have to spend and uh, be realistic with yourself. And that will uh, guide your decision making when it comes to giving your friends free work. And uh, a lot of people look at artists and designers and they think like there's somebody who has it easy or can do something for me for free as a favor and it will not be a big deal. And uh, a lot of people don't mind asking. Um, but the reality is that we only have the same amount of hours that everyone else does in the day. And if you know what your time comes down to and you know what your potential earnings are for, say, a 40 hour week, four times as you know, a month, uh, build it X amount of dollars an hour. And one of your friends wants to take 12 hours out of one of those weeks, then you know what that financial impact is on you. So just be aware of all that and, uh, be realistic and, uh, do be generous with your time though, if you can afford to be, but, uh, yeah, that's all stuff, man. That's all stuff that I wish I'd heard someone say to me when I was 
getting started. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, and I think it's really important. We one of our earlier guests, uh, Matt Leach, he does work down in Virginia um, for for Three Brothers Brewing and uh, Virginia Beer Company. He teaches a class at James Madison, and like it's not like you know it's art and design, but it's also you know how to put together a proposal and you know how to invoice and all this other cool shit. And so I just think, I mean, yeah. that's another yeah. that's another one of the ideas I have would be like to get folks like yourself and we put together some sort of like online course you know sure. you teach people like real shit like you know it's like okay you can draw and that's yeah, great man. but like if you can't you know if, if you're blowing your you know your i don't know how yeah. to say it otherwise well I mean, if, I mean you, there, you know there's all of it man i mean there's time management there's so many aspects yeah it's it. wonderful but like you know, you i think have that to get to know yourself you yeah. be good at being honest with yourself and like sometimes i don't feel like fucking working man and it might be the morning and it might be when everyone else is working but i just need to go like for a walk or something or i need to go like lay down or i need to go like fuck off for a while and go for a run or something or work out and i i can go do that you know i mean just be honest with yourself about yeah your uh I mean, to the thing you're doing yeah i think the when the area which is harder for you like like if i'm a, and i guess you could always there's always there's 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 careers like that but some of the stuff is you have to like make the idea like so like you're just like you're not sitting at a desk and but you're still working because you're trying to come up with a concept or design oh, or an idea dude, yeah. and you have to like export it off your head. And like, it's a whole, yeah, it's a whole nother like dimension of, of crazy. But I think that's advice is really good, especially the, you know, there's the famous, you know, Oh yeah, get tons of exposure. And, you know, we're at a point where we're trying to do some, you know, merch and do some creative ideas and it's tough. Right. Cause I, I don't want to ever, I don't want, I don't want to disrespect anybody. And so it's, it's, you know, negotiating has been, it's been, it's been good. Cause I, I think that it shows people, we appreciate their craft, but it's also, it's, it's, yep. you know, it's not, it's a weird, it's an unknown area, you know, like how much does that cost and what have you? Like I bought, I bought prints and I bought arts before. No, it's good. I like, I like it. Cause it's, yeah. we, we never, the one question we get a lot that people want to ask us is how much do these artists charge? And I never, I'll never ask that question on the podcast, like how much they charge for label and stuff. Cause a, I don't like, I, I, that's, I'm not trying, like, I'm not trying to, because then people quantify things and becomes a monetary. Like I, I, I've consciously never. I'll never ask that question. So if you're listening, you want to hear that. Yeah. I'll never ask you. I'll well, never. I'll, I'll, ne I'll tell you what, man. It would be easier for me to tell you why it's impossible to answer that question. You're right. Exactly. Than it would be for me to give you a straight answer. Yeah. Exactly. So because it's like so arbitrary. That job is never yeah. the same for yes. two different clients, man. Exactly. And and no approach is the same, and no artist is. I mean, it's all so different, man. I mean, there's it's like, so many factors. It's literally like this. Yeah. It, like if people think the Instagram ca uh, algorithm is complex, like trying to an artist, what they're trying to do, how many revisions are going to make, what is going to be on, you know, this, that, you know, it's like, it's just, yeah. So it's just a, it's sure. an interesting question that I never want to ask. And so I, yeah. but the, what yeah. you, what you said, the insight you gave was for you, like the, the, the doing your taxes thing and like taking it seriously. Like that's really powerful shit people. Yeah, man. I mean, that's the real shit. That's, that's the stuff that they probably don't tell you in school. I mean, they can teach you the the invoicey stuff, and that's all. Not really. Kind of a waste of time to teach someone too. I mean, on some level, it's all stuff you're going to figure out when you need to know it. <laughs> <laughs> Most people, I mean, at this point, you're just like, oh shit, I need to know this yesterday, and you just go do it. Um, and it's all stuff that like you'll get wrong a couple times until you get it right, you know. And uh, hopefully, you don't get it wrong in too bad a way. <laughs> but I mean, most people. Are, are savvy enough to go find the resource but like you were saying man be a resource have a have a thing out there give give people you know give people that knowledge when they ask for it or need it and uh yeah be an open book man i hate i hate people who are like private with their knowledge or they're like 
you know, they don't want to tell you how they do shit or they don't want to like. Yeah. 20 years ago, that was that, like, that made secrets, sense. Man. But like, <laughs> yeah, I got, I have Google, like I'm going to find it. Like just be the one and like maybe make a new connection and make a new collaboration out of it or mentor somebody or I don't know. Again, your time, you got to manage it. Right. But all right, JP, I love you, man. Yeah. I think it was great. I really enjoyed this. Like uh, I, I you, I'm glad we, yeah. This is this is hey, great. Man, I mean, like, I'm I'm like blessed. Said, man, I'm blessed you, to meet people you like you. Come back to town, man. I'm I'm here, man. We'll hang out. Oh yeah, in a couple of weeks, I'm gonna be. Hopefully, if I can, uh, yeah, if I'm my best behavior, I'll get a little free time. But I just, yeah, I, I really, uh, I I enjoy your perspective. You know, it makes me appreciate what you're doing even more. And you know, I'm just excited to you know to watch you grow and you know keep keep being true to yourself. I think you're gonna, you know, people will listen to this and be inspired. You're gonna get people who are at a crossroad, and you know, they might have a, a job that you know pays them the bills or whatever, but maybe they're not feeling, you know, mentally or, you know, their soul's not feeling, you know, fulfilled and they're going to make that leap. And, you know, it's going to, you know, folks like you inspire others. Not only that, you work when they see it inspires others. So, you mean, you really, you know, you found your calling and you're true to it. And, you know, that inspires me, man. So I just wanted to really thank you for, you know, being a part of it. The fact you're in my, my hometown, you know, is definitely, uh, amplifies it up even more. So, uh, you know, appreciate you and all you're doing, man. Oh, well, thank you, man. Thanks for saying all that. That's, that's so nice to hear you, man. That makes it, a lot of it worth it. And uh, if you're listening and you have any other questions that I didn't hit or you have a follow-up, uh, look look me up and shoot me an email. I'm, I'm easy to find. Uh, I'll get back to you. I'll, I'll hopefully be able to answer it. All right. And uh, AJ, thank you, man. Thank all you right. for having me on well, Canvas, man. It's been a blast. All right. We'll do it again soon, man. Thanks, JP. All right, brother. Take care, man. All right. Cheers. There you have it, folks. The essential J.P. Flexner interview right here on the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. So let's talk about it. Give some great advice for folks getting started. We had a lot of music stuff in common. He works his ass off. He only works with folks that, you know, he vibes with and respects their, you know, their vision and their mission like he does with, you know, the Chamonix. And that right there, that last part, you know, that's really, you know, that's something that really, really resonated with me because when you're out on your own, you know, some it's a it's it's a hustle because you have to be the salesman, you have to be the, you know, marketing, you have to deliver operations, and you know, all these things come together, and to the idea that you may turn down work because you're not vibing, but that can put food on the table. That's just you know, that's just um. It takes a special type of person to have, you know, have that character. And so we just wanted to, you know, go on record as saying that we really admire JP for that. We really think it's something special. And he's, uh, you know, he's in Philly. <laughs> so he's doing something right. But no, yeah, I look forward to, you know, visiting you know, in Chamonix and also kicking with JP in the future. You know, we've been, you know, exchanging messages back and forth and just kind of vibing. And, uh, yeah, I think this is, an, uh, this is a special one. And I'm kind of like a, you know, I am a parent, but like I just feel like I'm a, a parent with a you know, huge litter because I love all my, you know, alumni. I love all these episodes. And I, I really selfishly, other than the, you know, musical recommendations, which we always kind of joke about, these episodes and these people are wonderful. You know, they believe in what we're doing. We're, you know, making a collaboration together now. You know, I'm not on a label, you know, I'm not drawing, you know, I'm not doing that type of stuff. 
you know, who knows, maybe we'll, you know, maybe we'll show up on the John, but it, you know, it, it pushes things, you know, it, it inspires and, you know, we make something new, you know, we have new connections, you go down new rabbit holes or just discussions. And a lot of times, you know, the folks don't ever sit back and think about their path and their career the way they do. So it's therapeutic in a way, in a way it's, you know, it's beautiful. And it's really one of the reasons that we're doing this. It wasn't an, our initial, you know, reasoning for it. You know, it was just kind of an idea that we had and wanted to play out. But now, you know, I see it. It's just much more than, you know, people doing labels. You know, it's really stories of people, you know, and for a hokey, maybe cheesy way, you know, if, you know, these are the people in your neighborhood. And I think that it's just, you know, really cool to, to be able to be blessed and look at the, you know, look at the globe and, and realize, you know, Fievel style that there's all these great people out there. And so I thank each and every one of you. I thank each one of you for listening. You know, we thank all the artists, the breweries, you know, really, you know, 110 fucking episodes. You know, we're building something and we're doing it all together. And so we thank you. Until next week, that's it. Until next week, it's going to be like this really dramatic ending. So let's try it again. Until next week. <laughs>